All right, welcome to the podcast, y'all. I am your hostess, Star Howard, and we are here one more time for another episode. Um, if you tuned in last week, you probably got the glimpse of, well, actually, I wasn't on video, only audio, but go back and listen to last week. It's just a little bit of um, an outtake on my opinion about building your community. It's about 15 minutes long, so go ahead and check that out on the podcast on Apple, SoundCloud, and Google Play, and just search in your engine, in my opinion, with Star Howard. But today I'm here at home on my couch, um, no longer at the hair gym this week. I will be back next month actually filming at the Hair Gym Academy and Salon in Oakland. But today I decided that I wanted to bring it home, have a little casual conversation on the couch, on the blue couch with my friend Stoyan. And I am going to really just bring her in. Hey girl, hey, hey girl, girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. How are you? How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> um, I don't even like Wendy no more though. Why not? Uh, I think some of the things she says is incredibly problematic. Very. Do you think she's gotten worse though? Like, because I used to watch her. I think. I think what I love about her and what I love about Charlemagne is oh, that they yes. don't filter, they just give it to you raw. Mm-hmm. But I think um, with such a large. Uh, platform like when you're misinformed Mm -hmm. that's like the worst thing so when they're just speaking their truth or whatever that's fine but when they're speaking things and it's from like a misinformed place then it's just like ugh. yeah because it's just like i think that you need to know like your privilege like we have um we're just like blessed to know how to filter certain things like okay well that's not true or whatever Mm -hmm. but people like those are like um the same people who will like listen and let that resonate the same people who go on facebook and just like oh that looked like it makes sense click and share it yeah and it doesn't it's not true (laughs) it's not true though the one thing like with wendy that was problematic to me i felt like hers was a little more like a pot stirring and what she does. Like, Charlamagne, I feel, and I don't want to defend him too much, but I love Charlamagne because he doesn't have a filter. Yeah. Um, But he will say, well, I don't know. Like, if he don't yeah. know something, he will yeah. say, I don't know. Um, But anyway, this is not what this podcast is about. <laughs> We're not talking about uh, Charlamagne and Wendy, but I thought it was um, a little hot topic. And actually, the funny thing about that, though, they both used to work together. Like, didn't she give him, like, one of his first starts? Have you read his book? Yes, Black, Black Privilege. Privilege. Love it. Me too. Love it. Um, Yeah, she did give him his first start, and he wasn't even paid for it. Mm-hmm. And her um, her husband and Charlemagne got into, a like, a thing, mm-hmm. and then now she acts like she doesn't know him. Right. Um, and Charlemagne was like, you know, it's no hard feelings. And you know, I expect he always you, give her respect, though. Yeah, giving he them a, always gives start. her deference. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So, how did we meet? I usually like to start the podcast out on how we met. Okay. Um. And I'll can uh, my perspective. It was during the state of the black relationship. It was either no. It's so loud in here. We maybe yeah. it's okay. Go ahead. It was October or November of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first one. It was about sexual uh, harassment. harassment. And we met we met online first via email. Via email, right. Yeah. And so I think I was the last one who was kind of like corralled in uh, because I knew Denmark. And I was just like, hey, I think you guys are missing some of these things mm-hmm. um, in the piece that you guys were doing. 
and between Denmark and Ryan, I kind of just got pulled in, um, and I provided like information and pamphlets and right. Someone. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, because of your um, your work, right? Yeah. You were working. Were you working in the, like the same place that you were just in? No, I was working somewhere else. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So first impressions. First impressions of Star. Um, so this is the thing, when I meet people, I'm actually inherently shy. When I was a kid, I would not speak mm-hmm. at all. So I just really kind of just like lay back in the cut and just like see, you know, um, who people are, how they show up. You actually, um, one of the things me and Gerald like laugh about a lot is you actually look like one of our friends from college named Kia. Mm-hmm. And so, hey, Kia. <laughs> so it was like kind of comforting and then I knew Denmark mm-hmm. and then it just felt like a really nice blend and mesh and definitely the group had like a lot of good energy, which I right. definitely appreciated. Right. And you know what too, like when you bring up the fact that you're shy, that's what I was going to say when I was going to um, mention, like, my first impression uh-huh. of you. Like, you were not standoffish, but initially yeah. quiet, but informative because of your background. You yeah. knew, you know, the topic. You were informative, but you could tell when a person <laughs> warm, warm up to you because they don't shut up. <laughs> like, towards the end, because the, the event was, like, what, two hours? Three hours, maybe the whole thing, like and then from there setup was a to breakdown. Yeah. And then after the um event, we were outside, and it was just like Ben Stoyan came out. The real stuff came out. It comes out in like stages. Like I'll start talking, and then my craziness will come out, and then it's just like then it's just boom, here I am. And it's, it's no going back. No, it's no going back. Like, no going back. Straight, no chaser. You know what? So okay. So speaking of that though, uh, and state of the black relationship and all that stuff. And one of the things that, you know, in our whole interaction with yeah. each other, um, I was told, mm-hmm. in my defense of you, I was told that Stoyan's polarizing. 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 Okay. And my question for you, because of you are um, very opinionated, which I love, which, I mean, it's the podcast, in my opinion, <laughs> you're very opinionated and you're very strong in your convictions. Yes. Um, but to some people, it comes off as polarizing. Um, do you think that it's because you're a woman? Hmm. I think that, um, and so we're looking at it from the state, um, state of the black from any, From just, have you heard of anything, um, not, well, obviously you haven't heard of anyone calling you polarizing because you were very shocked, but... Um, has anyone ever had any issue with the fact that you are outspoken and um, opinionated and don't take no shit? (laughs) (laughs) So I really believe in certain situations, step up, step up, or step down, step down. Mm -hmm. Um, A thing for me is you could be anything in this world, but don't be ignorant. Right. So if you're um, my, based on, the work that I've done, how I approach situations is different than how 19-year-olds don't approach situations. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I consider my audience, whether it's just one-on-one, multiple people, I look at my tone, delivery, because intent is not as important as delivery. Mm-hmm. How are you going to receive this message? Um, but after a certain point, if someone is just going to keep throwing middle fingers at you, then it's just like, okay. We, we just gonna, we just gonna get straight no chaser. Mm-hmm. And I think that it comes in waves because, uh, 
there was an awesome um, institute that originally brought me out here, the Leadership Institute. Mm -hmm. And so one of the activities that they do is they sit you around and you have this assignment to do. Mm -hmm. And they're watching you. And so as they're watching you and they break down the dynamics of everything, it's just like who gets to speak, whose voice gets heard and whatnot. And when you break those things down into you know various silos, you see that people are going to listen to men more based on race. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a white woman will get heard over a, a, man, a male of a specific race. And then some people, like, if they say, hey, you know, trying to talk, and they're of color, and they're, like, a lesser minority, they'll get shut down. Mm -hmm. So as many times as they speak and they get shut down, they just, um, they'll just stop talking. Eventually, they'll just stop. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I remember just being incredibly shy, and my mentor, um, his name is Curtis Lipscomb, like, I would go into rooms and I would not speak, and he was just like... You know, you're a lesbian, you're an immigrant, you're Jewish, you're black. Anytime you go into a room, you should always have something to say and never let anyone take your story away from you. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, listen, I'm just... Um, I'm just going to be always be myself and I never want to leave a situation like, dang, I should have said that. Dang, I should have right. stood up for myself. And that's why with the situation um, that you speak of, I have no regrets because I put everything out there. Mm -hmm. I took the mild approach. But one thing that you're not going to do, like my mother always instilled in me, like, if you're not going to let, if you're not going to take my shit, I better not see you take nobody else's shit. And my mom just raised me to be like a very, just a force to be reckoned with mm -hmm. as far as defending who I am as a person. Wow. So I didn't know, first of all, I didn't know that you were Jewish. <laughs> you list all these things that oh. you, know, you just mentioned. I knew all of that. Right. I did not know you, you were Jewish. And for the listeners and for the watchers. Let's go back just a little bit because I do want to talk about like the things that your mom instilled in you okay. and you know you growing up. But let's just go back and give them an idea of like who you, like your background because you're okay. not from the Bay. We're both in California, transplants. Um, but we're both transplants. Okay. Um, so where are you from? Your background. Okay, so give us give it to us because it's a lot, y'all. Um, let me let me do it in my Sophia Petrillo picture. <laughs> <laughs> More day Saint Thomas. <laughs> 21289. <laughs> Even though my name is not Star, Star was born. Yes. <laughs> A mark on the constellation. So, um, my family is from Jamaica. Whenever, you know, I'm so lucky to have children, uh, they will be first generation. Um, moved from Jamaica to New Jersey, lived in Connecticut, lived in New York, lived in Michigan. Uh, I came out here for a leadership institute. Mm -hmm. June 2016 and was recruited for a position started uh, September 2016 and moved out here um, just definitely just trying to navigate the bay it's definitely a different type of beast um, and that's just like a little bit about me um, I identify as lesbian mm -hmm. I I don't like the whole terminology coming out right because I'm just like if that's the case, I don't. I don't think it should be specific to um, just the LGBT community mm -hmm. um, because there are a lot of things that um, people don't necessarily disclose about their identity mm -hmm. um, that you can't like visibly see. You know what I mean? Like 
no one says, when did you come out about being diabetic? When did you, you know, all these other things that aren't tangible things that you can just like literally see unless you're like in the bathroom Mm -hmm. with them when they're like putting in insulin and stuff like that. Um, I, I am Jewish by birth. My, um, so my grandmother, um, my grandmother's family is white and they moved to Jamaica, um, because of the slave trade. Mm -hmm. Um, they own slaves. Uh, and your grandparents, her family, her family, okay. yeah, her family. Um, they own slaves. Um, there's something she does not like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not something that um, she likes to talk about, which is interesting though, because it wasn't until moving to the U.S. and being around her, and then kind of getting indoctrinated into the African American history. I looked at my grandmother and just thought, like, why do you say the N-word? Because she, and she has all these uh, children of varying brown colors, and I'm like, why do you say the N-word? Mm-hmm. And I had seen Roots, so I couldn't talk to her for two months after that. <laughs> I was like, sis, we're going to have to take a time out of this. So, yes. Um, and yeah, this is a little bit of my journey. I'm Jamaican, so... The whole LGBT thing. Yes. We're going to get into that. Was a bit problematic. We're definitely going to get into that. Not right now, but we're going to get into that. Okay. For sure. (laughs) Um, Because first, let me just ask you. No, let me just. We all know that the Jamaican culture does not tolerate Uh -uh. homosexuality. Uh We're going to get into that because I need more than the time that we have. (laughs) <laughs> um, to really talk about that, but we're going to get in that t- into that into the next segment. Um, but I really wanted to know what, how old were you when you came to the states? Um, I was probably like five. Okay, yeah. So you've been in. Um, are you a city? Can I ask you that on camera? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, in Trump's um, America, I'm afraid. I don't know. <laughs> no, see, this is the thing. I became a citizen at like 19 mm-hmm. um and let's just keep it all the way funky for like purposes of scholarships and all right. these other things um but i think what people don't realize is after you become a naturalized citizen it's still like there's still like a limited amount of protection so mm-hmm. if i do something you know if we go get into a crime together and okay hello and <laughs> i get arrested i get convicted like, there's still an opportunity for me to be deported. Like, we don't necessarily have deportation protection in the same sense that you would think of, like, an actual citizen. Mm-hmm. So we can still, you know. How can I get deported? Because, I mean, sometimes, so I sit at home and watch CNN Good all day. Night. And sometimes <laughs> there's some things that come up and you're president. And I'm like, how can I get deported? Can somebody get deported, me, please? I don't know. Switch paperwork <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but that's the um. I I had a green card. I had all of these mm-hmm. things. Um, and so let me just say this since we're on camera. Um, and and that's another thing. My mother wasn't undocumented mm-hmm. when we moved to America. And so one of the things that's incredibly challenging for me is when people look at me. Um, 
they don't see immigrant. Um, my mom made sure I didn't have an accent because she didn't want me to get teased. But just hearing some of the things people say about undocumented workers and a lot of the work that they have to do are things that Americans feel like they are too good to do. Right. So it's just like, you know, just working under the table and doing all of these things. Like, my, it took my mother a very long time to be able to, like, legally be here. My dad, um, my biological father was a horrible person. Mm -hmm. And my mother was just like, okay, well, I could stay with him and try to, you know, get my papers. Or I can make sure that um, my child knows that no matter what situation you're in, you always have a choice. Right. And you should always choose yourself and not, you know, put yourself in situations where, you know they can like emotionally crumble you. Mm -hmm. So while he was at work, we left. Yes, mama. <laughs> we it's like a lifetime movie. We went to Michigan because <laughs> uh -huh. she was just like, I don't I don't want my child growing up. But he was in the States as well. He was when in the States but back. he was legally supposed to be here. Okay. My mother, like at a certain point, like, you know, visas run out and now you're illegal. Mm -hmm. Um, which I don't like the term illegal or alien because I feel like it, it legitimizes someone's wound. Right. So I don't like that. Um and it separates you. Yeah. Yeah. Um because I mean when we think of the word alien, we think like galaxies away. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like a challenging experience. And, you know, the gag is, is that on that test, mm -hmm. which is like kind of like an AP history test. I've heard. A lot of people who are American don't even know pass it. it Do not, not know we it. We have to study. You have to check in with people. You have to do so many things. And it's just like... No, like yeah. it's not like that's why, you know, I can't stand, you know, Trump's gaslighting. But more importantly, what I can't stand is like when people just don't question everything. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. And, th and that leads into you become a cult now because you're yeah. just following what people yeah. tell you without checking the facts, yeah. without checking yourself. Um, Your relationship with your mom. How is your relationship with your mom? Oh, my God. Is it just you and your mom? Yeah, I'm okay. the only child. Okay. Um, my relationship with my mother is, it's unconventional in the sense that I think that, I think in the relationships that I've, uh, the parental, parental relationships I've seen with people, no one really challenges their parents. Mm -hmm. No one says, no one makes like a baseline, like this is the standard I expect from my parents. We just kind of give that deference and we do things out of obligation and all these other things, even though it doesn't feel good on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, so my relationship, so when my mother moved to America um, with my father, my father was horrible. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about um, when we lived there, like when we first came to New Jersey, like me and my mother sharing a box of frosted flakes because he would not buy food um and just all these things so that's why my mom went and got you know my mom had me when I was 29 so she's like 35 36 mm -hmm. having to take a babysitting job just to like just have food right you know what I mean and so and sometimes he would leave me on the bus so then my mom's boss and you know thank god it wasn't like a lifetime movie nothing happened so my mom's boss would have to pick me up and stuff like that. So it pushed my mom into a deep, deep, deep depression. Right. Um, and then when we moved to Michigan, um, 
And you know, you would think, okay, I'm moving with my sister. It's going to be different. Mm -hmm. My aunt (laughs) was a piece of work. Um, and And this is your mom's sister. Yeah. And so she was a piece of work and she gave my mom hell and my mom is just like, okay, I'm just trying to stay afloat because Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get papers. I'm trying to do all these things. Then she's dealing with the divorce. Are they going to let, um, are they going to let her keep me or because my dad has horses, like where's all this going to go? So it was just like falling down like a rabbit hole of depression and just like, okay, well I have my family here Mm -hmm. and they're not as supportive as they're supposed to be. I married this man. He treats me incredibly unkind. And the only thing I have is this little person Mm -hmm. and I can't have like adult conversations with you. So it just like put her into this very negative space, which thus impacted our relationship because we were not close. Uh, My mom was literally just like a a financial provider. Mm -hmm. So anything that I wanted, I could have, but the thing that I wanted the most, my mother didn't give as far as like certain, which was odd. She's very affectionate with Mm -hmm. me, but kind of like the emotional validation and stuff like that. So our relationship suffered for many, many, many years. Mm And I would stop talking to my mother because she would say crazy things. Right. Um, and so the things that she can't stand about me sometimes are the things she instilled in me. So, so <laughs> this is so crazy because the last time we did a pod, I did a podcast. Um, we did Black Girl Chat and we talked about the relationship yeah. between mothers and daughters. And that's the exact thing that I said. Yeah. The exact thing that my mom instilled in mm-hmm. me, I feel like she doesn't appreciate and she can't stand because it, she can still um, probably the same things. Stand up for yourself. Yeah. Have a voice. Yeah. Have an opinion. If you feel like something is wrong, say it. Stand yeah. up for other If you see something that's yeah. wrong, say it. But just don't do it to me. Yeah. No, and that didn't work for me and my mom because my mom, um, I called my mom. Well, I don't like to say call out because I feel like call calling out is kind of like ex- ex- Call them up. Yeah. Well, no, I like to call people in. Call them in. Call them in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, with my mother, um, where our relationship took the best turn was when I said to her, and I looked her in her face, and I said, I know that there are things that happen to you that impact our relationship, Mm -hmm. because I know this is all about me. And so, I said, if you want to be in my life, because I I said to her, like, we kind of missed the point where we're going to have kind of the cookie cutter mother and daughter relationship but we can start becoming friends Mm -hmm. we can have a different type of mother and daughter relationship and then I will feel comfortable with you being around my children I was just like you've been hurt and you've taken that out on me Mm -hmm. but I've been able to unpack that but you've never taken care of yourself she hasn't unpacked it she no, she has now. She's doing that now. At that time, yeah, but that she time. hadn't unpacked mm-hmm. it. And I said, if you want to be in my life, you have to go to therapy. I need proof you're going to therapy. It has to be a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that are um, very important to me is how people treat other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it goes back to one of my favorite quotes, and I'm gonna butcher it by uh, Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. People won't remember what you did or what you said. But they'll always remember how you made them feel. So it's just like, my mom is just like, my mom will cut you off with words. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it wasn't necessary. So I'm just like, you need to be mindful of all these things if you want to be in my life. Right. 
um and making i think that's something that a lot of people should you know abide by like making requirements for anyone who chooses to be in your life Correct. whether it's a parent a friend or whatever because emotional scars are like things that we will live with forever mm-hmm. and if someone is just always tugging at your emotions and not building you up like you're not gonna last that long yeah. like being healthy emotionally right and it's really about setting those boundaries too. Yeah. and i feel that we have you have to set boundaries around yourself depending on the relationship as well yeah and they're all we all should have those boundaries to protect ourselves like i'm yeah. a strong believer in protecting your peace yeah and um like you said there are people who are going to pull and pull and pull and you are constantly pouring into them, but nobody's pouring yeah. into you. Yeah, And definitely. so eventually you're de- you're deflated, you're empty, and like, yeah. what now can I give? Can you give anything to yourself? Because yeah. you've given so much to everyone else. And you know what, though? Like, and give me your opinion on this, too. One of the things um, that in my past, you know, I used to be made to feel that that was selfish. Mm-hmm. Making, you know, creating boundaries, like things that you won't tolerate. There are yeah. certain things I won't tolerate people doing are bringing into my space and sometimes people misjudge that as selfish and my personal opinion is that's because they don't under, they don't have the boundaries for themselves mm-hmm. because if you haven't set boundaries for yourself you have you don't understand other people's boundaries yeah. or the need to have it yeah so um what is the one thing though that your mom that you feel that your mom has taught you indirectly directly good and bad um to be mindful of how I treat other people, but also in the same breath, like what other people eat don't make me poop, mm-hmm. so I shouldn't be concerned. Um, sometimes loyalty looks a lot like stupidity and be able to differentiate. <laughs> um, don't put false senses of obligations on yourself. Mm-hmm. So, oh, just because you're my mother, that means I have to tolerate your BS. Just because, you know, we work together, I have to tolerate. Like, people put themselves in situations where they're just like, oh, okay, well, I have to do this because of this. Like, you hear people who, um, okay, oh, it's Thanksgiving, I gotta go to my family. And she would always challenge, well, why do you have to do this? Exactly. Why do you have to do this? And when I was younger, I couldn't come up with tangible, re- like, mm-hmm. And she was just like, if you can't come out, come up with a reason, like, you really want to go or you have it in you, like, stop making promises to, you know, people and things of that nature. You don't owe anyone anything. Right. And even though you think this person is theatrical, there was one thing that they said <laughs> that I said, yes, yes. What was it? So Miss Ayana, she was talking to Miss Oprah, and I will send you the link to this. Mm-hmm. And she was just like... Well, you know, you love Oprah, too. You love okay. Oprah. Okay, Oprah okay. said love is in the details, honey, so I'm about to love on you. <laughs> so, Ayanla was just like, let me use my cup. Okay. <laughs> and she was so just angry. like, um, everything that's inside this cup mm-hmm. is for me. This is all I need to sustain myself. What comes over the cup, you can have it. I'm willing to give with you. But that is... She was just like, um, a lot of times we dip into our cup to give to other people and we make them criminals and we don't even know that they don't even know that we're making them criminals because they're stealing from us and they're willingly like taking because they think we have enough to give. And then when we look back down, there's nothing left. And then people talk about, well, I'm a good person. 
um, why does this happen to me? I'm a good person and whatnot. But, you know, the question is, how good of a person are you if you're not first good to yourself? You better preach. <laughs> you better <laughs> preach that. I can't, you can't give anybody anything that you don't own. Yeah. If you don't own love for yourself, yeah. respect for yourself, you can't give that back to anybody yeah. else. Because you don't recognize it. You don't know what it yeah. is. How can I love you and I don't even know how to love myself? I don't know what love is. Right. Or what love got to do with it, for that matter. Hello. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so really, we're going to take a little short break okay. and come back. And I want to talk about um, growing up being black, lesbian, Jamaican, Jewish, an only child. Yeah. Um, growing up in America, yeah, and an immigrant, yes, but really just growing up in America, being a lesbian with a Jamaican mama and Jamaican family. So, <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about that. So we'll be back, and we'll take a quick little break, and I'll see you guys shortly. <laughs> 